Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We're going to jump in. I am going to repeat one thing we was talking about this morning, and that's about Judas. You know, everybody got their view about Judas, and none of those views are ever good concerning Judas. But who was Judas before he became famous? Hmm? See, most everybody that uh, ascribes to do anything in life become famous. Some of you ain't called it yet. You become famous, you become well-known. But well-known for what? It is better to have honor from God. It is better that heaven knows you than hell. So, before Judas became famous, who was he? Now, the Lord always knew who Judas was, but Judas didn't always have to be Judas. But who was Judas before? Judas could have been very devout about God. He saw something in Christ. And there's nothing to say that his conversion to following Christ was not real. But you know, sometimes in life, we make wrong decisions. But what we don't understand about wrong decisions is sometimes wrong decisions can make us a different person. And though we all cry destiny, the biggest question is, is who are we and what shall we become? The Bible says if we gain the whole world but forfeit our soul, but forfeit our soul how? Well, we could become famous like Judas. Someone in this house, you could become famous and so every time the name Heavenly Lights is mentioned, they think of you. Wow. Well, maybe not wow. Maybe wow. Depends on why you're famous. For example, if one of you get locked up this afternoon, you know, for doing something really stupid and, and then you're not ashamed of the gospel and you say, I'm from Heavenly Lights. <laughs> and if Alan gets a hold of that, you know, if, if he gets a hold of that, we will be famous. <laughs> but famous for what? <laughs> oh, that's that church that, uh, you know, So like Judas, you know, maybe things didn't work out the way he planned. There's nothing wrong with desiring a little money. Yes? Now some of you, you curse yourself. You sing songs like, uh, you know, silver and gold I want not. All I want is Jesus. <laughs> you, you just cursed yourself, you know. That is not always a good song to sing. Silver and gold, I want not. I want Jesus. So don't blame me when you rent and it's not paid. But you have Jesus. So, the, the song that you should not sing either is, I'd rather silver and gold than Jesus. Because then you would have it, but you would have no Jesus, and you'd have no peace and no life. 
the thing is that in the Lord there is blessings. But it's how we receive those blessings and how we obtain those blessings is really the big question. So all of us cry, um, destiny, but who will we become? So Judas actually was quite successful in his endeavors. He started following Jesus. He became one of the twelve. I believe that's a promotion. Yes? He had many followers, but he became one of the twelve. So he got a promotion. I don't know if the promotion went to his head. Hmm? So, who's to say that Judas was bad. Could God tell? Of course. But can we tell is another question. And did Judas have another choice? I believe Judas had another choice. I don't believe that God creates anyone. I don't believe anyone comes out of the womb and they're destined for hell. They may be destined to keep choosing hell, but did they have a choice? I believe so. So, Judas got his promotion. He was successful. He got the money he was looking for. But when he got the money, then he had this uh, epiphany, this eye-opening experience about his life. And he did not like the way he had achieved the 30 pieces of silver. Everybody with me? Didn't like the way he got it. So much so, and we could tell that there was something a little good with Judas because he didn't say, whatever, I got my money. No. He was conscience-stricken like David in the Old Testament. So he tries to get the Pharisees to change their mind. They don't do it. So he throws them the coins. An evil person does not give back the money. Yes? A robber does not give back the money. Nor do you go out and hang yourself if you are a bad person. No, you take your silver coins and you're gone. But it still doesn't erase the fact of how you became successful or that you got what you wanted and isn't it strange I think the same thing happens with Judas and I think it happens with us is we will do all sorts of things and we don't even realize the person that we're becoming while we're trying to achieve all these things and then after we get it we start to think sometimes when we get old we start to think Sometimes when we get what we want, we start to think of the price in who we become while we was getting what we wanted. Anybody with me? All right, the message not to make you feel bad is to help us open our eyes and to trust in the Lord to give us the blessings he wants us to have. Yes, blessings without repentance.
Blessings without sorrow. Do you have blessings without sorrow? You know. Or, or sometimes as a parent, you worked and worked and worked and worked and you achieved and you achieved and you got the house and you got the car. You got everything you wanted, but you never saw your children grow up. You like the money, but you don't like the way you got it. Now let's jump to our scripture. From the Old Testament, from the Tower of Babel, it says, Let us build a city, which in the book of Revelation is Babylon, so we can make a name for ourselves, which is the Antichrist that you've heard that is coming, or the beast that you've heard that is coming. So to make a name for yourself is the beast that the woman rides. It is the beast that comes up out of the abyss. It's, it's not so much an individual as a name that is coming up of who you really are. Now, in verse 3 here, John has already saw and he's already been told, you know, I, come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute. But he really didn't see her so much as a prostitute. He knew her more so as the woman that sits on the seas that all the other cities wish they could be like. You know, at one time that might have been Manhattan. Now probably Dubai is probably that city, you know, that, that sits upon the waters and everybody would delight to go there and to be a part of that and all of that. But we don't see all the slavery and all the... Uh, people that's been robbed and cheated that's built that magnificent city. All we see is a beautiful city. And like most cities, from the airplane, they look beautiful. All the lights at night. Huh? Even Port of Spain looks beautiful on the airplane at night. Is that true? I mean, sometimes you, if you're Trinidadian, you could think, wow, my country looks beautiful. You called that nearsighted. <laughs> so that's what John is seeing. But one of the angels took John in the spirit into the desert and showed him the truth. That's what prophets do. They take you into the desert. They take you into the future and they show you what is coming. So first of all, what is seen then I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. In chapter 13 it says each head had a blasphemous name. But here it says the beast was covered with blasphemous names. Sounds like he spends a lot of money on tattoos. He's covered with blasphemous names. And then it goes on to say of the woman that she was dressed in scarlet and purple. Not too bad. But as we read, it does, and since she's called a prostitute, it probably means it was kind of short or revealing, uh, scarlet and purple. But she was glittering with gold and precious jewels, and she had this golden cup that was filled with abominable things. That's the things she was drinking. That's the things that gave her life. And the fifth of her adulteries. So the city is symbolic of what it is you're working for. The beast is symbolic of you 
the name that you wish to achieve. Now, the woman was seen, not this woman, because this woman will eventually, that, that thing which you're building, that thing which you're trying to achieve, just like Dubai, do you know how many, how many uh, uh, um, foreigners and Africans that have gone there and working for Zit to build these places and to keep them running? Or how many people has been cheated and robbed and all these things to build that beautiful city just like Jerusalem. You know, it, it was Herod who built the city on the blood of, of children when he tried to kill Jesus. Not only that, but the Pharisees and all that wanted to kill Jesus. So that's what that city over there that everybody wants to worship is about when the real Jerusalem is in heaven coming down. But, but you also... Realize that, okay, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm working for. This is my goal. This is, my, this is what I want to do with my life. But all of that, unless we're doing it for Christ, is to make a name for ourselves. But the name that we're making for ourselves has not yet surfaced. And that's why the beast is only seen when you go in the spirit. And the fullness of the woman is only seen because he realized that the woman was drunk on the blood of the saints. But typically you don't see Dubai being drunk on the blood of innocent people. Or Manhattan or anywhere else. You don't see that. You don't see that at all. There may even be some buildings here in Trinidad that you may ooh and awe at. But what was it built upon? Who built it and what was the cost? And what blood was on their hands when they built it. All you see is, is that. But when you're taken into the spirit, you begin to realize there's more to this. Hmm? You might see your friend in a brand new car, but what is the blood that's on that brand new car? Yeah. You might see your friends with a new house, or you might see somebody with a new house, and you think, ooh, I'd like to have that. But how much blood was spent? What lives were sacrificed? Uh, when I first came to Trinidad, everybody was fearful about the cane fields, that they were going to find some head chopped off and thrown out there in the cane fields. When I first come here uh, 23 years ago, that's where I prayed. That was my wilderness, the cane fields. I never saw no heads. But So we, we understand about sacrificing children, and we, and we would say, no, 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 no. But some of us as parents, we sacrifice our children every day because we work so hard during the day and our life is so busy that we never have time for our children. That's sacrificing them. So what blood is on that house? What blood is on that job? What blood is on that car? Now, this is not to make you feel bad about working or to working to achieve something. It's just saying at what cost are you building something? And the name that you're making for yourself, what is the name that will be revealed in time? Maybe you're successful and, and you have a great business and you have a great home. But what is, you see that and nobody sees the blood or sees what it took to build that. Or maybe the, maybe you too was drunk on the blood of the saints. That means you never had time for church and you always said they're hypocrites and they're this and that. See, that's, that's you spilling the blood of the saints. But still, you have all this magnificent stuff, and then your children stand up and say one day and say, "But you know, I, I know you think my father is grand, but the truth is he was never there for me. I felt like an orphan. That's a nice name to have. 
But unfortunately, Judas is not revealed as Judas until the end of his life or towards the end of his life. John says he was always a thief, but that was even after he died when he wrote that down. Always a thief. He's a betrayer. But the truth is, when he was following Jesus, he might be just as innocent as you and I. What do people say about you? That's the names is written on you. It may not be tattooed on your flesh, but it's on your spirit. You know, when we want something so bad, we don't care who we hurt or how we make them feel. Yes, I'm going to seize this opportunity again to talk to young people. Who thinks right now that the closest thing to Satan is their mother and father? Because their mother and father just don't understand. Those old Satans are so old they don't understand today's society. Listen, one day you're going to have to eat those words. And I pray they're still alive so you can repent to them while they're still alive without Alzheimer's. Because almost every day there's somebody in the prayer room having to talk to their mother and father that is dead. And to apologize and to say, hey, I loved you and I thank you for what you did. What is the name that is coming out? I know you have in your mind, you have in your mind a beautiful utopia. You have in your name, in your mind, a name above every other name. Well, maybe not above Jesus, but maybe above everybody in Trinidad, or maybe above everybody in Laventille, or maybe above everybody in Shaguanas. You have a name that's above every other name. You're ascribing to that. But what will actually end up being your name? This beast was covered with blasphemous names. Anytime you boast, you blast me against God. Anytime you say you're going to do something in your challenge in heaven, which might mean that's why you lose so many times. Maybe if you'd just been quiet, you would have got it. But as soon as you said, I don't care, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get that, maybe it was in your hand until you challenged heaven. Or maybe the Lord allows you to get it. And then one day you realize how great your name was. Now be honest. If we think about Judas, you know, of course there they was, they was John and James. They wanted to be at Jesus' left and in Jesus' right. You know, obviously they wanted to make a name for themselves to sit on the throne. Let's be, think about it. Don't you think Judas really wanted to be somebody significant? But at some point or another, he just got full of himself and he didn't think Jesus was doing this thing quite right. So he decided to betray him. And even while he's betraying him, he never thought about committing suicide. That's probably the last thing from his mind. Or that he would ever be so ashamed. 
Yes, it may have been to begin to manifest, but that was not who Judas saw himself to be. I'm sure he saw himself to be an outstanding man of God. Hmm? You know how many outstanding men of God sleep with their outstanding treasures? Things happen. And that's not the life God wants for you. But the more we want something. And here's the thing. This is not just about if I get too much, I might get full of myself. And I might do some stupid things and I might expose myself. And I might be rude to people. That's one aspect. But the other aspect of it is... If I just want something so bad and it don't happen, I can become a beast as well. And I could have many names and none of them nice names. When you want something so bad that you get it or don't get it. Here's a mystery. When you want something so bad, and it just depends on what the Lord allows... But when you want something so bad and you get it and you don't get it, you still become a beast. You want something so bad and you're trying to do it yourself, which probably means if you don't have much singing talent, you're probably not going to be very successful, which means you probably won't get it, but you're going to just be as, as beasty as Beyonce. Are you going to be full of yourself in another way, but in a violent way? Or you're going to get what you want and realize you lost everybody in the process of getting it. Not only did you lose everybody in the process of getting it, you lost yourself. Gained the whole world, but lost yourself. Look at your life in Christ. Are you as joyful as you used to be? Do you worship like you used to do you just find yourself singing and praising God and giving thanks? Or is the love of most growing cold? Is your love growing cold? Because of what you want. You could want a new church. You could want a big church. You could want an opportunity to preach. But in the process become a beast. And wouldn't that be something? A beast preaching about a beast. Well, the fire sounds good. We can lose ourselves. That's not the life God has for you. Uh -huh. In the book of Revelation, it says there's a great multitude that came out of the tribulation. It says they had washed their robes white in the blood of the Lamb. That's what the Lord is doing for us right now. He's washing our robes right now so that we can be White, innocent, clean before him. God is not against you having silver and gold. So quit making up songs and lying. That's no offense to any songs, but you know you're lying. All I want is Jesus. 
A, you either broke or you got money and you're not happy. But you know you're lying. Hmm? It's just that your money didn't get you what you wanted. Hmm? Nor were your brokenness. See, those are things that we do to retaliate and rebel when we don't get things when we want it. It's like a teenager. You're going to get your freedom one day. But you may not like it. Yes? We have some young people in the house today. Oh, what they would give to go back and be a child again. And they're only 19 and 20, you know. I mean, they just, they just been out of the gate a year or two. <laughs> and back when they were 16 and 17, I'm saying, enjoy your life. It is wonderful. No, we don't have no freedom. And now you got the freedom to work and to slave and be in debt and have to pay bills. <laughs> and get uh, salaries that you work for all week that don't pay nothing. See, we don't trust the word of the Lord. He's not against his prophecies. God don't promise you things and then say, silver and gold you want not. It's not a temptation. He's not offering you things to see if you say, no, I don't want it. I want Jesus. <laughs> no, he wants to bless your life, but you've got to let him do it. It's got to be done in a righteous way, in a holy way. And it's got to be done so that, that the beast that's coming up is not so you can claim it and say, look at what I did. And so you can lose yourself and have this alter ego and this person that you don't even know anymore. Your parents don't know you. You don't know you anymore. And some of you in here, you know that I'm talking about you because you don't know yourself anymore. This is not the person that I was. This is not the person I'm supposed to be. Now, many of us would say, this is not the person I'm supposed to be. You meaning you're supposed to be more uh, successful, more wealthy, and that type of thing. But let's go deeper into that statement. I'm not the person that I'm supposed to be. This is not the life I'm supposed to have. We're not just talking about material things. We're talking about your personality. You lost yourself somewhere, but the good news is, Jesus has found you. Mm -hmm. Give up your lust and turn to Christ and He will shine on you. Submit to Him and He'll make your hands prosperous again. Hmm? Come back to Him. Come back to your first love. Hmm? Remember the height from which you have fallen. Come back to Him and trust in Him. And if you're a newcomer unto the Lord, don't wander off and try to do this thing yourself. Don't be like a teenager. My time is short. Why is it when you're a teenager, you think life is passing you by? And when you're older, you're just happy that you got life. Uh, you ever see older people? They move like they got all the time in the world. Uh, I, know, I know as I get older, I don't get as... as, as I don't know, I get some intelligence or something with, with time, you know. I realize I don't run so much. Nah, it'll get here, it's coming. 
But when you're young, you know, you're just taking time, 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 time. You ain't got but one year to be 18, you know. You ain't got but one year. And it's just panic, panic, panic. And the greatest scripture in the Bible, at least for the moment right now, is Satan was filled with fury. Why? Because he thought his time was short. So whenever you think your time is running out and you think time is short, remember the book of Revelation, chapter 12. He was filled with fury because he knew his time was short. But your time is not short. God is going to bless you. In your young age, middle age, old age, God is going to bless you. But you got to trust him. You got to let him do it. And listen, while you're getting blessed and, and while God is beginning to prosper you. And if God gives you a new car, if he gives you a family, if he gives you a new business, while you're doing that, protect your name. Make sure that you got the name that you want to have. Make sure that you have a name. Not, not a, 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 a ruthless, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, but what name is ascribed to that entrepreneur? A blasphemous entrepreneur? Someone that's rude, someone that is not caring? Listen, you must protect your name as much as the success that you're going through. Hmm? And when things are not successful, you still got to protect who you are in Christ. First of all, you need to do it for Christ's sake. You need to do it so you're not a stumbling block to others. But you need to do it so you will have a good name. So that Christ will give you a good name. In ourselves, we don't have no good name. We will mess it up. But in Christ, He will make you good. And what don't look good, He will cover up. It's very important how you treat people every moment of your life. Yes? If you're going to be a nobody, it's probably not too important. But if you have any hopes or plans of being a somebody, don't be an SOB, son of a beast. I can't help if your mind needs cleaning. And that's why most of you are in trouble. You speculate about what God is saying. Are you becoming across the wall back there that's been kind of our motto well, it's been our motto ever since the beginning come experience the new you but what new you all of us are revolving but what kind of name will we have hmm? it is better to be ten dollars less than have a good name it is better to have a million dollars less than have a good name hmm? When, when everything is revealed, when your future comes, it's not just about the success and that you made it. But what is your name? What will people say about you? Hmm? 
And if you don't care what people say about you, I'm not saying that we should be people pleasers. Don't hear me wrong this morning. Not saying that at all. We live to please God. But in that process, you know, at the end of your life, what will people say about you? Huh? Yeah. Very seldom will they, they think much about whether or not if you had money or nothing like this. It was what kind of person you was. So when your name is revealed, when the beast comes up, What names will you have tattooed on your spirit that not even dying and cremated could get off of? What will be the case? The Bible says that when he appears, my life shall appear. When he comes, my life shall be. And I shall be like him. I don't know who I am now. I don't know how I look like now. But I know when he comes, I shall be like him. And that is our goal. Now, in this life, I believe that you are supposed to prosper so that you can be a good witness, right? But you can't be a good witness if the way that you prospered was not godly. You're witnessing for somebody else, which would make you false prophet instead of the two prophets. Because the way you live your life is the light of your success. Not, 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 not what you obtain. If you obtain stuff and, and you became violent in the process or stressed out. You know how I many people are wealthy but they're stressed out? And guess what they do? They spend a lot of their money trying to de-stress. It would have been better to have less money and no stress. As Paul says... A man can only receive what is given to him from heaven. If we would accept that, Lord, you have a life for me. I'm not going to compare it to nobody else. But I'm going to live believing that you have a purpose in this life for me. That is going to shine and give you glory. You have called me to be a witness. You've called me to prosper so that I can minister to others. So I can contribute to others. So I can testify to others. But that I don't have a name that would discredit everything that I have ever accomplished. Hmm? How many times, you know, because we love to talk negative. How many times has somebody said something positive about somebody and you bring up all the negative all the blasphemous names that's, that's on them. But remember, one day your beast will come up. But here's the thing. Our beast, all of our beast will come up one day. It will come up with our soul or without our soul. You make good decisions. And when that flesh comes out of you, it won't take you with it. See, that's the life we want. That's what we want. What do your children say about you? Huh? Do you beat them without understanding? No wonder they don't understand. <laughs> what do people say about you? Not talking about being a people pleaser. I'm talking about living a righteous life. The Bible says that we would live such a life that even if we are insulted, they would see our good deeds and repent. 
that means they would realize that they lied about you. Yes. So it's not about being Mother Teresa or being the greatest of the saints. It's not about that. But it's about realizing who you are is as important as the car you drive. What kindness do you have? Huh? What gentleness do you have? You don't need no brand new Audi if you're going to run over somebody anyway. An old Toyota could do that. True? What, what, what is the name? What is the name? We are covered in the name of Jesus. So we are covered under Him. But what does our name represent under Him? He is King of Kings. It says written on His robe is written King of Kings and Lord of Lords and Servants of Servants. All those things will be written there. So we will be there upon Him. What does our name mean? It is so important that, that you learn to move in your life. And maybe you had a life in the past where your beast got the best of you. Well, that would be the fifth trumpet. That happens. Yes, and you can repent and that's all you can do. But God has brought you back from that beast. Some of us may remember youthful years or maybe it wasn't so long ago when the beast got the best of us. Yes. Getting that beast out of your vocabulary is more important than a new tune-up on your car. To restrain yourself in such a way that God can bring glory to himself through you. Not to repay evil for evil. The greatest blessing of all is self-discipline. The ability not to let people push your buttons. And then you argue for three days why you had a right to be stupid. Hmm? How many of you have been the beast and then take all week trying to defend yourself and justify yourself that you had a right to be the beast? You never have no right to be the beast. Hmm? No excuses. I mean, recently, I think last night we was talking about this subject. It's like, you know, somebody would stand up and say, you know, uh, well, I repent and I forgive them for what they did. You can't repent and forgive at the same time. Hmm? If I give you $5 and take $5 back, I might as well not done anything. You can't say, I repent and I forgive you. You can't say that. No wonder they didn't hear it. Because you didn't say nothing. I'm sorry. But I forgive you. How can you say, I'm sorry for what I did, but I forgive you. Does that make any sense? Now, I know y'all have used this type of theology. But one day we grow up and say, hey, that, that don't make no sense. If you're going to apologize, apologize. It's the other person's place to say, I'm sorry too. That's not your place. But here's the thing. Even if somebody does you wrong and you act a beast. And you feel bad. You don't really feel bad because of what they did wrong to you. You feel bad because you became the beast. 
I don't know about you, but, but that's me. You know, I don't, I don't care what stupidness you do. But when you make me look stupid, or rather, I make myself look stupid because you're looking stupid, that's stupidness. I don't care who's acting up. Let me keep my place in Christ and not let you push my button. You might have walked through the house and none pushed 12 buttons. But when you come to me, may the Lord shield my buttons from you. You button pusher. You may insult me. You may do me wrong. You may insult me. But if I can keep you from pushing my buttons, then I have peace. And I realize you're the only clown in this circus. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? Some of you are upset with people, but you're upset because you let them push your button. You're not upset so much about what they did. You're upset that you got upset. Hmm? And you spoke some biblical words that are not in the Bible. <laughs> the greatest joy in life is not a new car. The greatest joy in life is to be able to control yourself when other people are out of control. Amen. You getting angry don't ever fix anything. Nine times out of ten just makes the situation worse. But let's look at it on the whole. Over time. You have fits of rage because you never spanked that dog a long time ago. So you're at a place where you just fly off. You fly off. First, you don't remember half of what you said. And then you don't remember nothing that you said. And then you find yourself drunk somewhere and you don't even know how you got there. Because something else got control of you. Huh? You let your anger make you do things. You didn't get what you want, so you, you, you let yourself get loose and lost. And that's what some of these teenagers don't understand. I'm not against your freedom. I don't want you to get loosed and lost. You want to go to Port of Spain and you don't even know where the taxi stand is. <laughs> it's everything. God is not against your blessings. And that new Mercedes is not going to cover up. I don't care what leather it is. It's not going to cover up how you feel about yourself. It's just like a nice coffin. Uh, you can put some nasty people in a nice coffin. Put a nice suit on them. And you say, there lies a good man. Well, it's somewhat true. The devil that used to be in a good man ain't there no more. He took the elevator down. 
the flesh that was there had the opportunity to be as nice as the coffin he's in or she's in. If we would understand that, that would keep us to be humble. And so when God begins to bless us, don't say, Lord, you're giving me too much. I'm losing myself. No, say, Lord, I know you can control me in bad weather and you can control me in good weather. I'm not going to give up the blessings the Lord wants to give me. I'm going to trust God to keep me humble and in my right mind. And if I don't get what I want, I'm going to trust God to keep me humble and in my right mind. Because the last thing I want anybody to see is the beast I know that's inside me. I don't know if you can say that or not. Maybe you have not come to the revelation that there might not, that there might be something not good inside of you. At least the choice is there. And if you make that choice enough, who will you become? Hmm? So a young lady would say, I'm not a prostitute, I just slept with one guy. And it was love. That's how all prostitutes start. With one guy. Generally. We just keep allowing that beast to make decisions. And we don't think about it because we want what we want. We want what we want. Little children... This age, you know, that age. They're so cute right now, sucking on their thumbs. Just, they just cute. Hmm? They just cute and they're so sweet. Huh? But all these little children, see these two up here, they, that nowhere is practicing preaching. The other one, he's counting the ceiling tiles. They're, they're sweet, you know. But in a flash, in a twinkle of an eye, they can throw themselves down on the floor. And three adults can't control that little beast. Somehow, whatever you did as an adult, it displeased them so much that they hired the beast... Don't let the Bible confuse you. That's the beast we're talking about. The beast that comes up out of us. That person that we do not wish to be. It happens. Repent. Say, Lord, I don't want to be this person. I don't want to be this person. I'm talking to everybody, but there's one or two I'm talking to right now. There's one I'm talking to, especially on this row right here. Yes, I'm not going to point you out. Mm. You know that your anger is getting out of control. That is not God's will. That is not who you are. It is something that you started giving into. And maybe, 
And parents, this is why you should never feed them little beasts when they throw themselves in the floor. Oh no. You should never feed those little beasts. Especially if those little beasts are throwing that fit because they wanted a cookie. You should never feed them. You feed them, you're encouraging them. Because they know. When it comes down to it, if I want to, if I really want it, let the beast out. Hmm? And I'm amazed that, you know, I could understand some men, but I'm amazed at how many women in Trinidad. If you know you have tendency to be a beast, wear some pants or something decent. Because when you go off... Wear some beastie-like clothes, you know. And just like these, 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 these little young beasts here, these, these children of God, you know. Isn't it amazing how these attractive women, you know, these attractive women with their, uh, their, their nice long... Lashes that they borrowed. <laughs> and, the, and their short skirt and their high heels. Uh, and you think they're so... Ooh. And some men think, well, they, they way out of my league. But all at once, the beast come out. <laughs> I have seen the woman on a beast in a different way. <laughs> Where indeed did this come up from? Uh -huh. Or people, they'll come up to the counter and, and they're talking so nice because you just spoke to give them whatever they want and you say, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And here comes World War Three. <laughs> And you keep doing it because somebody gave you your way as a child. Somebody gave way to that. Maybe it was your husband or your wife. You just gave way to that. Okay, 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 okay. I'll give you what you want. Don't you know that you are encouraging the beast to be a beast? No. Walk off. Let them do their beastly thing. It's the best thing you can do for them. Don't try to converse with the beast. Uh, if you pay attention, they don't have their eyes open most of the time. Something else is under in control. When they got their eyes closed, leave. Because if you sit there and play with that beast, the next time the beast is going to have a playmate. They done pushed your button. And you're acting, see at first you're trying to be all holy. Sometimes that happens in church, you know. 
sometimes with the usher, sometimes with the pastor, different things like that. You know, somebody goes off and you're trying to be all holy and you're trying to do this. And now both of you are saying, in the name of Jesus, Satan, come out. Uh, and, and that thing just none got away with your head, you know. Right now, you don't care if you go to prison. You don't, you don't care. Huh? And by your vocabulary, evidently you did not go to grade school or you didn't go to primary school. At least whatever's talking inside of you has no education. Because you're just rambling. But don't you know if you allow that beast to continue to do that, you're engraving it, you're tattooing it on your spiritual being. And it's going to come up one day. When Jesus comes and you don't get the glory you want. When Jesus comes and you didn't get what you thought you wanted. When Jesus comes and you're like that man that says, let me tear down all my barns and build bigger barns. And this is your day. Oh, how that beast will act up. Huh? See, this is the thing. Some of us, you know, we, we're so woke in this generation and we're so compassionate of others. We can't think about a place called hell. Well, actually, the Bible says hell, death and hell shall be thrown in the lake of fire. We can't think about people suffering forever. But here's the thing. God didn't do it. They're all beasts. You, you know that thing that goes off? One day. That is all there will be of you is that beast. Whatever was in Judas is gone. In the book of Revelation, no matter how bad it got, they always blasphemed God and cursed Him. No, that place is just going to be beast. And we've seen those beasts within ourselves. But the Lord, the Lord can keep you from being that beast. He works powerfully within us. You can change. If I'm talking to somebody this morning and you know your anger and your wrath is getting the best of you, if you know sometimes you can't control that thing that comes out. Uh-huh. Hmm? Yes? And ladies, please remember. I'm all for equal rights. But that man bigger than you. So when the beast come, don't be putting no gas on him. Yes. You, you wait till he closes his eyes and you run. Uh, because what you're dealing with right now can't be tamed. It happens. Not justifying it. Don't hear me say that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that monster can get the best of us. Now some of us, we, got, we let our monster out, but we put him on a, a leash. Hmm? We say, don't let me speak my mind. Hmm? Don't, don't get me angry. Hmm? Any of you in here boast like that? Any of you in here say, don't get me angry. 
Because that makes, first thing is, first thing is when you say, don't make me angry now. First thing when you say that, there's some little devil in me that wants to say, why, what's going to happen? <laughs> I, I'm trying to control that one. Uh, I mean, were you going to turn into the Hulk or what you going to do? What, what are you talking about? But, but this, is, this is the thing about it. When you say, don't let me get angry. See, you, you know you have a beast. And right now, you just hope your chain is big enough to control that beast. And you hope that you can do things and you can unleash on people, but you still got control over it. But you ain't going to have control over it forever. It may have worked for you for a while. You may have thrown your fits and got away with things. You might have got away. I, I'm seeing this vision of a young man, you know, when he was about... 13 or 14 years old and you know he's already gotten a little tall and he'd get rough with his mama and he'd get rough with his mama and mama just back up out of the way because he scares mama so mama gives him whatever he wants and he says yes uh, don't let me get angry with you and you even say that to your mama or daddy don't let me get angry with you you think you got that beast on the chain but I tell you every time you feed that beast it gets stronger and one day one day one day you'll wake up in prison facing life in prison and you don't even know how you got in there. You have a vague memory, a vague memory of cursing out the magistrate. After that, you don't know what happened. Don't play around with that devil and don't boast that you're bad because you ain't met bad yet. Mm. You ain't met bad. And see, here's the thing. God is bad. You know how bad God is? God is so bad. He will laugh at you when you throw your fit. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. You in trouble. When you threaten to let the beast loose. Don't let me get angry. And the man laughs at you. And you even let the beast out. And the man's still laughing at you. You know you whooped. Throw your fit. And God will be indifferent to it. Why? Because the Lord knows. The more you play with that beast the more it will take you over and the more it will destroy your own life. But here's the thing. If you practice goodness, it will take you over and control your life. Amen. Mm. Amen. Mm. Mm. Wouldn't you love to have that anointing? Yes. Uh, may you prosper. But may in the prosperity, may your name prosper. The name that Jesus gave you, may it prosper that you have control. Because without it, you can't have joy. Hmm? You can have a beautiful wife and be sitting at a nice restaurant. I mean, everything just right. And all at once, that beast decides it wants to say something. 
You got your BMW out in the parking lot. Huh? But all at once, that beast wants to say something. It wants to talk in the middle of your expensive meal. I mean, you're gazing into each other's eyes. And then all at once, I don't know, some dirt got in the gaze or something. And it's like, I mean, it's like, oh, this is so nice. This is so wonderful. You're so nice. You're so wonderful. You're sitting there eating your dead, dead animal. You know, you're just... just. (laughs) And all at once, somebody says something. And you can't back up. To save your life, you can't back up. To save your life, you can't back up. You got to say something. Next thing you know, bowls are flying, chairs are flying. Everybody in the restaurant running outside because King Kong or Queen Kong none got loose in the restaurant. Ten minutes go by, you're out by your BMW kissing and saying, I don't know why people made such a big deal out of it. We're just having a little argument. <laughs> you're so mad you can't even see your beast. <laughs> so what good is prosperity? You want to own your own home? Own your own car, own your own ox or tractor. You know, own your own business. But what good is that if you don't own yourself? Everything else is paid for. But you don't own yourself, you're still paying off self. And don't you realize that whenever you let that beast loose, don't you know you forfeit every prophecy ever given? Don't you know when you let that beast loose, you disconnect yourself from every prophecy that was ever spoken. You disconnect yourself from heaven. Because heaven ain't talking right now. And it can take you weeks and months to reconnect back to God after you have one of those explosions. You can't blow up and expect Utopia to be built, built back in a day? <laughs> Seriously, you disconnect from your prophecies because you blew up. I don't care. <laughs> now, this is not to make nobody feel bad. This is not even to identify those of you. We're all guilty of this, but it's not to identify the worst of you. What this is to do is to say, there's a better you. There's a better you. God has a better living than the living that you're living. And God has a better you than the you that you're now experiencing. But you've got to give way to it. And life has its test. God don't test us. The world tests us. And sometimes we test ourselves. If we would just humble ourselves. Hmm? And get rid of that beast. Or let him be so far down inside of you. You know. It's, it's always nice when you say. I could get angry. But that's stupid. I could get angry. But that's going to cost me money. 
I could get angry. I could go off in this place right here, right now. But I realize I would look as bad as you. And I don't want to look like you. <laughs> huh? When you get control of that you, oh, what joy. What peace you have in God. And see, that doesn't disrupt your faith. But, but when you're walking along and you have this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing and you, you go off here and then you, you know, you go off here. You ever try to, you ever go off on somebody and, and then you try, to, you try to justify it and you try to come back to, to the Lord. Lord, I just praise you. I forgive, I forgive them, Lord. But you're the one that broke everything. But I forgive them, Lord. <laughs> you ever break something... And forgive the person. Some of you ain't catching that. You know, you go off and break things. You you want it went off and then you say, I forgive you. Or you try to come back, you know, you try to come back and, and, and be Christ-like, you know. You know, I, I, I love these beasts that, that go off and then they'll come back and they'll sing, Blessed assurance. <laughs> you ever try to sing it back, sing yourself back into heaven? Who am I talking to now? You ever try to sing yourself or, or praise yourself back into heaven? You know you was a beast. But you're trying to say, no, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. But you know you went off. And, and, and you none started church. Huh? But you realize church ain't working. Because you're the one that needs to repent. Let the other person take care of them. But you know you murdered you know you went off. Mm -mm. You can't blame it on exes. Yes. Can't blame it on politicians. Can't blame it on bandits. You are in control of you. There's one thing the bandit can never steal. And that's your life. And that's who you are. They can never steal that. You would have to give that to them. And they probably don't want it. Mm. Because it has no value in this life, only in heaven. But to keep yourself. Hallelujah. All right, we got a few minutes. Who needs a word this afternoon? Mm? Are you washed? Are you washed in the blood? Uh, now, as always, this is not to make anybody feel bad. If you're feeling bad, your devil did it to you. This ain't to make you feel bad. I, I love to speak things that will change your life. I, I love the fire. I love the joy of the Lord. Love all that. But sometimes we need to understand some things so we can quit doing those things. So this is to encourage everybody. You don't have to be that beast no more. Huh? You can even laugh at yourself and say, that's who I am. But Lord, you're going to keep me from being that. And you could make amends. You could, you could ask people to forgive you different things. But sometimes you've been a beast so much that they're not, they not going to believe you. It's going to take a year or two. And then they're still going to keep the butcher knife close, you know. That's all right. That's all right. They may not believe in you. But Jesus believes that you are a new person. You are a new creature in God. If you ever met a Christian that, that you know, you're supposed to be a new creature in God. If you ever met a Christian that you just don't have the faith to believe they're a new Christian in their new creature. You know, you're still keeping a butcher knife just in case. Or a thief that says, I've been redeemed. 
Um, okay, yes, amen, amen. Amen. Let me let me Mm-hmm. All right, who needs a word? Who am I looking for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I find you? Where you at? Who on this row right here has a sickness? Who has a sickness on this row? This row right here. Who has a sickness on this row? One, two, three, four, five. Who has a sickness on this row? Give me a chance to identify yourself. This row right here. Pop. Somebody on this row has a sickness. Mm-hmm. On that row. I'm not moving. I know who you are. I just asked you to identify yourself. Somebody on this row, this row right here. Can't see me afterwards. Suzanne, stand up real quick. What is it you want God to do for you? Mm. I passed you a time or two because I talked to you last service, but... Mm. Mm. To make the transition with getting the car easy. Getting what? The car. The car. Yeah, we, um, it, it, 
Um, you getting a, an, another car? Yes. Uh -huh. it, it, it's coming. We, well, it reached. So the. Uh huh. Yes, you had up a um, a prophecy during the week that states. Um, one of your prophecy will be fulfilled if it did something. Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember exactly how it was. And that particular day, late in the evening, I asked God to show me which prophecy will be fulfilled. And a colleague sent me a picture of the car, but it was a report at the time. Okay. And um, I sent it to Glenn. Glenn sent it to one of the guys at the... Um, we have the car, and he was like, "How you get hold of this? It even reach inside the the, the business yet?" <laughs> yes. Mm. God has eyes that nobody knows about. Mm. 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 So, are, are you just looking for favor for the car? Or the car is already yours. The car is already mine. No, it's already. Um, they're still doing it. It's still processing. So it's just. Uh, but you have already made the deal or making the deal for the car. Is that right? Well, it, in transit, in the sense that he had to get back to us. Uh -huh. So, just to... Um, but but he, he, I guess as a seller, he's acknowledging that it's yours, right? Well, yes. Once I, I want it, okay. he will start to put things in place. What, do you want it? Yes. Oh. That's your prophecy. Mm -hmm. And, and Glenn wants it? Mm -hmm. It's so nice when you have single people in church. <laughs> when you have married people in church, there's always this little question in the back of my mind, what's the other person going to think of this? And is this going to cause civil... <laughs> But you've really been laying before the Lord talking to him about this car. Yes, prophet. As in horizontal. Yeah, hey, prophet. On your bed. Oh, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Because I see you. You just on your bed crying out to God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Mm. And you never heard silver and gold? I have not, but... Hey. Hey. <laughs> See, th that's the thing. I want everybody to mature in their faith enough that they can say, Father, I want this. I am not no angel. I'm never going to be no angel, right? I'm going to work at it, but I really want this. Hmm? Without guilt and overbearing theology playing into the situation. Lord, if it don't, I still love you. But I really want this. Hmm? See? And I commend you for that. And the Lord says that he has heard your prayer and he will answer your prayer. Amen. Mm -hmm. So you're just waiting for it to clear, right? Yeah. All right. Has it been a stumbling block in clearing? Well, he keeps saying, um, we need to wait, we need to wait, because they're processing now. Because uh -huh. it now, now come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're just waiting. Mm -hmm. See, let me tell you something about waiting. 
the Israelites, they, they wanted some meat to eat. They was tired of the, uh, the, the, the man of the typical. They, they wanted some meat to eat. And so they pleaded with God and they were throwing fits. You know, they was doing a beastly thing before Moses. And so the Lord let these, these quails come in. And they ate so much that they didn't have no room inside. It's sticking out of their teeth, you know. And then they got sick. It wasn't that the quails were bad. What they got sick of is you can get sick that you, 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 you want something so bad and you're so impatient with God. And then He gives it to you. You feel bad for the fit that you threw. Anybody follow what I'm saying? Yes. And I'm not saying you're throwing a fit, so don't, don't hear me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just using this opportunity to speak that. Everybody understand? That you want something so bad, and you jumped up and down, and, and you did the beastly, and then you got it. So now you're feeling bad because you did the beastly. The truth is God was probably going to give it to you anyway. You just did the beastly dance, right? Don't, you don't ever want something so much. That you're ready to fight with God if you don't get it. And you're ready to feel, fight with God and feel guilty if you don't get it. Yes. I'm not saying you've done that. No. God has said he's heard your prayer. Hmm? So just be patient. It's coming. Thank you, prophet. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes... Sometimes it's our impatience that holds off the blessing, not what we're asking for. It's not that God is saying, no, it's the impatience. It's the impatience. And Satan's bringing accusations against you and saying that, you know, you'll turn away from God if, if you don't get it soon. So you've got to learn how to wait in God. Once you know that the Lord has heard you and He's heard you, yes, Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens Monday and Tuesday. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Prophet, so um, <clears throat> when you said somebody in this room have an uh, illness, um, for months my sinus have been giving me troubles. So I don't know if that's the illness you were saying. For months your sinus has been giving you yeah. troubles. Mm hmm. You are not the one, but uh, I shall touch your sinuses. So you kind of on a rocky road, you're having a rocky spell in your life where things are just not, uh, God is there, but it's just like things ain't yes. working. That's yeah. why you got that science. That's why you can get healed because this rockiness is affecting your faith. And that's why you can't get over the sinuses, which you just got over, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hold your hand out. Sometimes you just need a helping hand. We don't realize that sometimes we can give faith to people. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, there's a man that was, uh, uh, was on a bed and his friends lowered him down through the roof. 
See, the Lord saw that faith. So sometimes people can extend faith to you. Hmm? Roads, smooth. You're going to find the asphalt. Not the ones with the potholes, but the new asphalt. You're going to find that new road. You receiving that? Huh? Hmm? Not just your faith working there. First thing is we don't really have no faith. God gives us faith. But this is an extension of faith. Huh? It's going to get smooth. 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 You have children. You got one that you're uh, struggling to get in school or something about school? Um, I only have one, a son. All right, so that's the one. Yeah. Well, I'm always encouraging him to go back to school. Um, How old is he? Uh, he will be 21 this year. Oh, yeah, just a baby. <laughs> just a baby. But he wants to make money. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. He's seeing things that his friends has and he's he he yes. he, he, he don't want to be patient. And he's not here this morning, right? No, Prophet he um last week he I asked him to come and he said, um, I promise you I'll come next week. But this morning, like, he beast keep him sleeping. He couldn't get The up. beast kept sleeping. <laughs> the beast kept sleeping. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can get that beast off the bed. Please. So you give him this word, or you can give him a copy of, of this message. Mm -hmm. If you will come for prayer, I promise we will point you in the right direction. If not school, at least get you in a prosperous place where you can make some money. All it costs is a free prayer. Don't get no easier than that. Amen. All right. Maybe it's time to let your little baby go. I know it's your only one. Your one and only son. <laughs> Trust God. Uh, you know, school is good for some kids. It's not good for all kids. Sometimes school has too many temptations. Sometimes you can get in more trouble. And, and this is a message for every parent in here. Yes. Most of us, we would love to see our children go to university, become better. Yes. But the truth is, there's a lot of wealthy people that never went to university. But let me say this. There's nothing wrong with the university. I'm not saying that. But sometimes that might not be the path for your child. That might be the doorway to a lot of temptation because there's a lot of young people in there that ain't got nothing better to do than just to perfect their beastiness you love God you trust God yes, then trust me with your son says the Lord yeah. amen amen, amen.
Mm-hmm. There's somebody else on that road. You have you have some sickness. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do one more, one more, one more, one more. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily sick in the head, jail, but you know. I'm going to live. What? I mean, then they sick up being broke. All right. Guess what? God is sick of you being broke. Amen. But you and I know what trouble you can get in. Can you only imagine what trouble you would get in if you had money? <laughs> How do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? I mean, I could say it by being blunt, but I don't want to do that. How can I say this? Let me just say, I know phone calls that you have made. I know phone calls that you have made. Yes? I want to say something without saying something. I know phone calls that you have made. Phone calls that should not have been made. Right? I'm going to just stop right there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, I do. But huh? You have well, an idea? idea? But, Lord but you have an idea? Mm-hmm. Eh? Yeah, what well, idea? Do you have an idea? Yeah, what well, idea? You have an idea. Uh, things that uh, the Lord wouldn't necessarily be pleased about. Yes? That's all I'm going to say. You pray and He will remind you if you want to know, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So let me go back to what I was saying. How many of you sick of being broke? Listen, 23 years ago, the Lord spoke that, come experience the new you. That does not mean the broke you, that's the old you. And if there's anybody that is sick of you being broke, it is God. God is sick of you being broke. But he's also sick when we don't listen. And he also understands that if we had more money and more freedom, who might we become and what might we do? Hmm? Now, the reason you're broke is not because God is keeping you from being rich or blessed. The reason you're broke is because you're no good at it. Let me say this again. God is sick of you being broke. The reason that you're broke, because listen, you can look all around and see people that's, that's blessed and, or that has finances and those things, and, and they're not nice people, right? But they know how to make money, honest or dishonest. They know how to make money. 
Well, it's not God's fault that you don't know how to make money. That's your fault. But God is sick of you being blessed, of you being broke. He don't like that. And if you can ever get this in your heart and in your mind. Huh? All during the Old Testament, it talked about blessings, 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 prosperity, blessings. And then we see it a few places in the New Testament. Of course, the biggest thing in the New Testament is to be saved. That means is to have a good name, you know, and not be a beast. But God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God wants you to be blessed so you can be a, a valuable witness. But God is not going to open the doors that you can't open if He knows when He opens the doors, you may get in trouble if you have more money. Anybody hear what I'm saying? You may become a different person. Or you may do things that would, that would mess up your entire family. Hmm? I know people. I know some people in this room right now. Or at least listening. You have blessings in your life. You have a husband. You have a wife. You have a children, child. You have blessings. You have money coming in. But you're entertaining stupidness. That can expose you and just destroy everything that God is doing. God is sick and tired of you being broke. And he's sick and tired of how slow you are to get better. But because he loves you, he's not sick of you. But they are families. You have everything going for you. You right there on the verge of something awesome taking place in your life and you're entertaining stupidness. Things that you don't think nobody knows. Huh? You don't think nobody knows, but God knows. The Lord tells me, and if the Lord don't tell me, somebody calls and tells me, and I think, what? Let me go see how far I can slap them. Because you got everything going in your life, but you're entertaining evil because of a dull moment in your life. Listen, castrate the dog, neuter him, whatever you got to do. I'm talking to some people. And maybe some of them are she-dogs. Aha. Hmm? Uh -huh. Now, I'm a good prophet. I am not going to discredit my good name to point you out. <laughs> First of all, I love you too much to do that. I love you too much to do that. Hold on. The Lord is coming with a big blessing. Amen. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So, the last thing I want for you is to be broke. The last thing God wants for you is to be broke. 
This word is for anybody and everybody. The last thing God wants. Because that don't bring him glory. You being broke don't bring no glory. You praising the Lord and still broke. You ain't got nothing to show. There's, there's no, there's a no, no anointing of better. You can't, listen, you don't become a better person and it don't affect your pocket. Amen. I don't care what nobody says. You cannot become a better person. Now, I'm not talking about people in the world. They may not be good people, but at least they know how to make money at the moment and, and the Lord is not dealing with them at the moment. But you cannot become a better person and be broke. You're deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Huh? Nah, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You can't do good. You can have some evil thoughts and you can say, say, Lord, I'm struggling, but I just give that to you. No, Lord, I don't want that. I'm not saying that, you, that you're this perfect little angel and, and all the thoughts you have up here is about heaven all the time. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying you're not dangerously close to giving in to it. As long as you have a struggle, God is still winning. And let him win the whole battle. Yes. And husbands and wives, be the father and the mother that you want your children to know. Don't, 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 don't grow up and then, and, and then you hanky-panky and you tore the family apart and your child only knows you as somebody that left the family or they only know you as a cheater. Now, if it's happened already, listen, Spilt milk. Come to God and he'll try to fix it. And he can fix it. Right? But I'm trying to encourage some, some people. Yes? And, and, and some of you, you know, uh, you know, some of you, you know, listen, you're single. Don't be fooling around no married people. Don't, don't get that on your name. Yes? Keep your white robes white. Yes? Keep you if you got to go and fall before God and say, Lord, I feel like the most lustful dog in Trinidad. You do what you got to do, but don't do what you want to do. Amen. Do what you need to do. Uh, cry out to God. Uh, no, don't, don't think God is so, so holy he can't understand your temptations or your, your, your anger towards being broke or feeling like that everything you do don't nothing work out for you? Yes. If anybody wanted not to win the lotto, they should listen to you. That may be the way you feel. But that's not what God has for you. God has so much better for you. Hold on to the better. Yes. And then me and you will quit being sick. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Yes, Nicole. God has a better living for you than you're presently living. You must believe that. But God is not going to give you the better living if it's going to set a monster free. Discipline yourself when you're disappointed and discipline yourself when you have.
If God blesses your life, don't run around boasting all over the place. That's the same thing that will destroy you one day. Humble yourself. Huh? If the Lord tells you to give a testimony in church, you give your testimony and then you forget about it. You be thankful unto God. Whatever you do in private, the Lord sees. But whatever you do out in front of everybody, uh, don't, don't let your stuff turn into that boast and that, that, that beast that you don't want to be. Amen. Listen, God has a better you. It's time for you to find your you. When the, when the word says, and when preachers say, you know, I was lost, but now I'm found. Lost means you did not. It, it doesn't mean that you was in San Antonio and you thought you was in Port of Spain. Lost means you do not know yourself. You're something that you don't want to be. Not just a location, but a state of mind. Yes. Mm. The Lord will bring you back. He loves you. He will show you the way. Huh? Give him a chance. He will prove himself to you. Don't grumble. If you're disappointed, don't grumble. Say, Lord, I love you, but I know you got better. And I don't care how many times you have to sing that song. And don't be singing, all I want is you, Lord. You're lying. When you, say you just, when you say all you want is God and you don't want silver and gold, that means husbands and cars and Toyotas and BMWs. That means all them things, you know. Yes. Uh, and the Lord knows you're lying right in church, you know. And it's not bad enough that we sing, that we speak a lie in church. Oh, no, we all singing it together. Like we don't want nothing. It is better to be honest with God. Yes. His name, His salvation is, that's tops. But He gives bread to His children. Amen. You're going to have a blessed week this week. Yes. Uh, And your beast. If you even smell Him, deal with Him. Amen. Amen.